welcome to the Fit to Talk podcast. Thank you for joining us as we bring you some, hopefully, meaningful, helpful, and accurate information in the most flirtatiously fabulous way. Are you flirting with me? Always. Is, is this what your flirting looks like? You finally realise. <laughs> Good. Um, we try and make your day just a little bit better, and we also want to remind you that fitness doesn't have to be boring. You are listening to a guest episode during which we are joined by incredible guests who let you in on how they stay well in their lives and careers. Bobby, would you care to introduce our guest today? I would love to. So, today's guest has just finished being part of the original London cast of Frozen. Her previous credits include Vita and Follies. She's a British weightlifting coach, CrossFit coach, and personal trainer. It's the incredibly impressive Monica Swain. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Okay. Hello. How are you? I'm really good. How are you guys? <laughs> I really wanted you to say, I'm really impressive. Thank you. <laughs> I, I am, in fact, incredibly impressive. <laughs> Uh, you know, we have. Uh, it's safe to say we've we've stalked your social media and. Um, That's what it's there for, isn't it? Though. <laughs> <Precisely. laughs> find out as much as possible, and uh, you you know you're hefting up three times the weight I can in all <laughs> all, all lifts. So people go go check it out. It's super it, impressive. It's wild. Um, super wonderful. Before we start, we've got a request. Okay. You look nervous. I do look nervous. <laughs> um, I, I'm nervous. You, Bobby, you should be. At some point during this episode, mm -hmm. would you be able to try and tell us a lie? Mm -hmm. At some point. You'd think I was an actor. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think, but the, uh, <laughs> we like saying this, the bar is very low. Yeah, it really is. So we've had loads and loads That's and loads okay, of That's okay, I'll guests. raise the bar. Oh! oh! <laughs> Weightlifting gags. Um, we're in. We're in, guys. We've started. Oh. We've started now. So uh, yes. it's quite tricky to remember to lie when we start sure. um, chatting. I think that's the main problem. But mm. uh, hey, if you forget, we'll do like two truths, one lie at the end. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be fine. Glorious. Probably anyway. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Who knows what happens during this? Oh so really intense. Uh, are you willing and able to do that? Yeah, absolutely. That's like you're asking me if I'm able to lift the door on an aeroplane. Are you willing and able to do this? <laughs> Please don't use any sharp object on the slide. Um, right. I was on a plane like a few days ago and it's, it's always mortifying when they're like, you know, if these slides come out, like, you know, don't throw your child down it. Like, first of all. <laughs> I don't have a child. <laughs> I was planning on launching them out the yeah. door. <laughs> like, who was doing that? <laughs> Shot putting them out. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Anyway, that was a strange swerve at the start. Um, well done. Intense opening. So the story of your life. Mm. What does page one of that look like? Page one. Page one looks like... Um, it's actually very funny because I was watching this video the other day. Page one looks like a two-year-old kid with crazy, crazy buffy hair in the backyard in South Australia with multiple props that belong to the house with a cassette player, a jumpy jump, a basketball ring and a two, two and a half year old just um, choreographing, <laughs> getting ready to show the neighbours what uh, she has done that day to some 80s song. Wow. First of all, is it jumpy one. jump a trampoline? Tram yeah, like like the the small ones that you had, like they're round and they're oh, quite like low. The, the little mini trampette kind of thing. Yeah, okay. like a jumpy jump. Yeah. Jumpy I jump. so want one yeah. of those now. <laughs> I now really want to call it a jumpy jump. <laughs> jumpy jump. Yeah. I want it. That's mm. so cool. Uh, and so where did that take place? Where did that take place? Uh at my, in my mum, like in my home. Yes. So like home for me is Adelaide, South Australia. That's where I was born. Um, and I, as as far back as I remember, I, my mum always 
put me in like I started dancing when I was two. So I remember actually this is such a vain story of how I actually started dancing. Um, I was two and I was walking in the, well, I was in the supermarket with my mum and a girl had a pair of ballet shoes and I said, I want them. I want those. (laughs) And my mum went, okay. And then she did the best that she could and she took me the calisthenics first, which she didn't understand wasn't ballet. Yeah. Um, That's that's so intense. (laughs) I'm still not sure what the difference is. (laughs) And then when I was three, after a year, because we paid the year. So back then you had to do the year, right? You join and you're like, oh, I've got to see the year out. Commit to this. Commit to it. So I did it for a year. It was good fun. Um, And then I started ballet when I was two. Three, sorry. And then um, it all took off from there. Wow. So, okay. Uh, anyone listening who doesn't know what calisthenics is? Oh, what, yeah. That is that like? not a thing here? No, it is. It is. Oh, okay. Great. But they might not be <laughs> fitness minded. They might just be performers. What, tell us what your what calisthenics is. Ca- look, is. calisthenics is like a sport now, isn't it? It's like a registered sport where you have um, movement, you have gracefulness, and then you have like batons and stuff. But I didn't get to that bit. I just got to the, the tiny tot thing where you got a little skirt and you did some dancing and then... And then I got taken out and put where my shoes were supposed to be in ballet class. (laughs) (laughs) You're in there going, I don't see any of these shoes around. (laughs) I was promised shoes. I was promised. It looked like fun when the girl was doing it in the supermarket, but here. This looks different. different. I actually thought you meant calisthenics in a different way. That was a surprise. Oh, what's your calisthenics? I I thought you meant it as as the exercise thing. Body weight. No, no. So I got super confused. Right. So I I specialize in CrossFit, gymnastics, Mm. and Olympic weightlifting. They're my two specialties. That's what I coach, and I love it. Um, But I met someone, and they're like, oh, I'm coming to do a calisthenics workshop. And I was like, I'm so confused. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing graceful girls in the middle of CrossFit gym? I'm so confused. I don't have any batons. <laughs> Where is my ball? Yeah. Um, no, so they came and they do like, you know, they're the ones that do the strict bar, most like the strict ring, yeah, yeah. stuff mm. like that. Not that. So what, I think we'd call that rhythm, rhythm gymnastics. That, oh, rhythmic gymnastics, like, so like, like, like ribbon. Ball. Yeah, ribbon, the ball, ribbon like the and, floor work. Yeah, that's rhythmic gymnastics. But then oh, there's God, something what's... called calisthenics, which oh. is more, it's performed on a stage with, oh. a, with a theatre, like you're in a theatre. Oh. And you perform with like the these baton things and, yeah. Oh, that is an oh, intense wow, is... YouTube journey for me tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> That's going to be quite so... okay. I need to know about the batons. Wow. So then you started dancing. So you had this, you now had a background in calisthenics. And then you you began <laughs> dancing. With the, so you're rocking up to your first ballet class like, darlings, I've got a background in calisthenics <laughs> with a cigarette in your hand. I've worked on a range at the age of <laughs> You have no idea how hard it was. Uh, so you're rocking up to those first ballet classes. Yeah. When you got there, were they what you wanted them to be? Do you know, I can't remember much from that because it was like... You were three. I was three, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do remember, though, I was very I'm very lucky to have my mum. My mum is very cool. She um, sort of, she raised us, um, so my, my parents divorced, but we still keep in contact with my dad. So my dad's a big part of my life and my mum's a big part of my life. But my mum, I like to say, is backstage and my dad is out the front. That's why my relationship with my parents. Does that make sense? It makes, yeah. Weirdly, it makes perfect sense. Right, cool. So, you know, my mum, like, made all my costumes. My mum made sure I had shoes, like, all the little things that you do backstage. And, like, she didn't have a lot of money. So I remember all the kids would get, like, things, like, they we would have to have a wand for ballet class. I remember this. And um, 
everyone would have like these sparkly wands and they'd be plastic and they'd be from Toys R Us. I don't know if you guys know that store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Toys R Us. Oh, yeah. There's and, millions, uh, says Jeffrey, all over oh, under one roof. It's called Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Yeah. And I just remember having this star that it was made out of one of those plastic um, things that used to hold a balloon. Do you remember them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. a piece of cardboard that was like stuck together on top that was in the shape of a star. And then she'd used a shoe paint because we used to, I used to have one pair of shoes that would get spray painted because we used to do competitions. So we didn't buy five or six pairs of ballet shoes. We would just spray them in between. <laughs> so as I tondoed, you'd see the red and then the um, And she'd spray it and then put glitter on it. And I remember that that was my star because she'd made it. Nice. And I wondered why mine was bigger than everybody else. <laughs> I've got a picture of that too. So I do remember that is um, – I don't. I didn't notice it back then, but I do realise it now that anything that I needed, and if my mum couldn't purchase it or do so, she would make sure that I would have it. Well, hello, come hello, high water. So glorious. Do you yeah. think as an yeah. adult though, that's kind of it? Kind of means more, right? A hundred. Oh, it's definitely like I think the way that I don't know my experience growing up um, makes me appreciate certain things maybe I don't know mm. but then when I started earning my own money <laughs> I was like I'm gonna buy this and this and this and then I realized oh you can't do that if you want things so, so then I understood how my mum did it yeah do you know what I mean so yeah that's lovely, my um, that's my memory of ballet uh there's a, a lovely what? Sorry, there's a, there's a really lovely Dolly Parton song called mm. Coat of Many Colours, Joseph reference, um, oh God. in which she speaks about this, but she's saying like, she says like her mum makes her a coat because they don't have any money mm. and her mum like makes her a coat is the story of the song. It's really, really beautiful and she loved it and she tells her of the, the love she's sewn in every stitch because they, they didn't really have any other option and she used to mm. wear it to school and everybody else would like take the piss out of her mm. because this coat was ugly and she couldn't understand because it was love in a coat mm. and mm. it meant so much to her. And yeah. it's like the story, this is beautiful song. And now it's so funny as an adult, I'm like, oh, that would mean more. And I imagine me as a kid would be like, why don't I have the same plastic one as everyone else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I remember, I think I may have asked the question and my mum probably went and she knew me so well. Oh, she knew, so she went, yes, but yours is bigger. <laughs> and I went, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Means you're special, yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. I love this. So, yeah. Hey, you gotta, you got to work it in you, whatever. <laughs> so you started dancing then at like a super young age. Did you mm. carry that on through all of primary school and secondary school? Yeah, I did. I There was always, one consistency through my life and my mum always asked the question as well that's the other thing like we would finish the term out so we would do and I competed as well so we used to do it at Stepfords and stuff like that which we can talk about later and the positives and negatives of it Stepfords <laughs> but um, we would like do exams and at Stepford so you'd pay for the full year and you would do your tap exam your jazz exam you'd learn syllabus so you'd as a kid you would always be like today I'm going to class to do this work you don't just – we would always have a purpose to go because I'm preparing for this or I'm preparing for this or I'm preparing for this. And then you would do your competitions at the end of the year. Then you do your end-of-year concert. You'd break up, go away for the holidays, and then my mum would ask the same question in January every year. Do you want to go and enrol again? And I'd be like, yep, like without a doubt, yep, I want to go. So we'd go back and we'd enrol and we'd start the next year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So um, – 
everything sort of changed. I did, I was a, like a competitive gymnast from when I, a young age, and then I stopped at 13, I think it was, because I had a bad injury. I landed on my neck and my mum went, yeah, my mum went, do you want to dance or do you want to be a, a gymnast? And I went, no, no, I want to, like, I've always wanted to dance. I tried t-ball, wasn't very good at it. Wait, what's t-ball? T-ball is like uh, when you, <laughs> it's like baseball, but no one throws a ball at you and you put the ball on this stick. Oh, it's on a tee. On right. a tee. And then you you whack it with a bat and then you run. So you, no one's bowl, no one, not uh, bowling, what, pitching. pitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's pitching at you. So I tried t-ball, wasn't very good at it. Tried basketball, wasn't very good at it. Used to pass the ball to my brother on the other team because he'd go, pass it to me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he seemed nice. <laughs> he's my brother, but yeah, he's like... wearing the wrong jersey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, give it back, give it back. Um, tried swimming. Swimming, obviously, in Australia is a thing. Like, mm. you have to learn to swim. It's a thing. You also yeah. water things. Anyway, um, but ja- dancing was always a consistency, um, and I didn't stop. But I cut back. There was a time when my school closed down and I didn't really know what to do, so I went and did, like, one class a week. But from the age of maybe mm, six, I started working up into another age group. Um, so I would do double the classes. Wow. So I would – I think I only had Thursday nights off and Sundays off. Uh, I would go to school and then I would eat Subway in the car. I was allowed a Subway on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd eat packed lunch in the car and I'd put my I'd get changed in the car as well. You had to like put your tights through through your leotard and like try and get because you'd be late, you'd start at four, right? And yeah. school finished at three yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. And I lived near the beach and they were up at the top of Adelaide. Mum's like driving and I'm like, I'm all in. and if you were late, you were in trouble. Yeah. Like if yeah. you were late. You would, you just did, if the door closed and then you walked in and then reclosed the door, you had to apologise you were late, like it was that disciplined. So, um, which I'm also grateful for, Mm. for for growing up with discipline. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so it was, um, uh, it was a consistent, very fulfilling life of tutoring, of dancing. It seems really intense though, right? At quite an early age. Oh, I, but when you love something, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, like uh, kids are simple. They're very, very simple beings. If they love something, they will do it. They will continue to do it. Like I, I recently went to my friend's place for a barbecue. He's the head of training at WIT, which is where we where I coach. And um, he has a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, bless her, um, just wanted to sing Let It Go. <laughs> Non-stop. Perfect. Uh-huh. This has been going on mm-hmm. for months. I was like, thank you so much. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad that you've chosen this song. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I've never heard it before. I've never heard what it before. This? I haven't been contracted to this show for three years, but yeah, thank you. Um, no, but like she loves it, right? Yeah. She yeah. doesn't get sick of it. Mm. For months, apparently, this has been going on. She just plays, let it go, sings, let it go. So if kids love something, you're never tired of it. If you love something... It doesn't exhaust you. Yeah. What so, happens to us as we get older? <laughs> you know what happens? We, we, we then get told to grow up. We get told to grow up. We get told to go. I was very grateful my mum never told me to go to uni. She never told me that I had to study. Mm. She was like, you do what makes you happy. And and I've always done that. I've always done what's if, – if the inside of my tummy goes, mm, and I go, oh, I don't like – and then I, put, I remove myself. 
because A, life's a bit too short and B, nobody nobody has the amount of money to make me work for something that I don't enjoy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so destroying. Mm, So, you know, as long as you enjoy it, it'll never exhaust you. Do you know what I mean? One of the – I can't remember the word you just said, what I think you would call like – dance festivals here. Oh, it's Stepford's. Stepford's. Yeah, which mm. I, I'm assuming is very similar to yeah. the sort of dance festival thing. I mean, Bobby, but perhaps is better equipped to answer that than I am. But um, uh, because... A uh, font of knowledge about dance festivals. Yeah, so it comes up quite a lot here. But you said uh, positives and negatives to to doing those or yeah. being part of those. Like, mm. what, what did you mean by that? So, um, like, dance, dance competitions are like... A, they're an interesting thing to put yourself into, especially now, like time, times have changed now, like mm. kids have changed, obviously. And like I said, my mum was never one to push me into anything. She rarely understood what was happening. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm in the second row. Okay, cool. What did you do? Were you late? Like, do you know what I mean? So, you know, you get, and I work with kids now, you kind of get parents sometimes that are like, I'd, um, I asked a kid once, I was like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like when you grow up, like she did the routine for me. I was like, what do you want to do? And mm. the mum went, she wants to be on Broadway. And I went, no, no, <laughs> you're lucky that you're in this room because my mum wasn't allowed in my rooms. But what do you want to do? And she went, I don't know. I said, do you want to dance? And she goes, yeah, so that's all that matters. Just just dance and enjoy it. Yeah. So competitions for me, if I look back on it, I'm really grateful that my mum put me through that. I used to do like 28 routines. So I used to do <laughs> troops, duos yeah. and trios and solos. Mm. So I was really grateful because it taught me like how different people um, uh, respond to a competitive environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I learned how to deal with emotional and mental manipulation at a young age because people take these things seriously, right? Oh, yeah. Like so seriously. Yeah. and then all of a sudden I used to take I used to take them so seriously and now I look mm. back and I go, actually, I'm grateful for the lessons I learned. So you learn how to deal with nerves. You learn how to um, channel certain energies at the time, like o- being overwhelmed. Like there were, there were times where I would forget my routine on stage and then you'd just make it up and you'd make it up and I came second. I was like, great. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, she was really in the moment. She was in. I'll I do was this re- every time. <laughs> like it was like a like a national routine, like where you had to do mm. like a dance and I think we would, I don't know if I had the tarantella, but I was like, I'll just do the same thing again. <laughs> I'll just do this with my tambourine, I'll be fine. Um, but yeah, like how to deal under pressure, how to deal with people, how to prepare, um, just things like that. So I think it's great to, to all, and I say this to my weightlifting clients, I'm like, it's always good to go and do a competition because you just, even if you like bomb out or you don't get anywhere, you walk away from that experience and you go, oh, wow, <laughs> I learned this today. Mm. I didn't know that that's what happens when this happens. Or when you when you step outside your comfort zone and you put yourself under pressure, you don't, you learn things about yourself yeah. essentially. So I, I'm really grateful for the years that I did all of those at Stepford's because it then got me ready for the audition rooms and it got me ready for the industry. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, like if you can't deal with rejection – then the industry, the performing industry, isn't the it's greatest industry. You. you can't take that. It's never rejection. It is always redirection. You can't take a rejection as a personal thing. 
you just have to go, that's one person's choice and decision. But the job that I did, what I put out on the stage, what I put out in front of that panel, I'm really grateful and happy that that's what my business produces. And if they don't want to hire that business, mm. then that's fine. Someone will. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Absolute mm. sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how did you make that transition then? So you you spent your uh, earliest dancing. Mm. Um, what happened next? What's between career and Yeah, and I, this is a really fun story. I like telling Ooh. this story. So <laughs> I finished high school and I auditioned for WAPA, which is the Western Australian Academy Performance. Which is where almost, my wife went. Yeah, almost lived in Perth. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> didn't because I didn't get in. Um, I failed. They didn't. I didn't get through the audition. I remember singing Everything's Coming Up Roses. I'd laugh about it now because I couldn't sing. Um, I, didn't, I didn't get through the initial cut, basically. Went in, auditioned, and they were like, thank you so much. Please leave. <laughs> bye. And, bye. Um, yeah, so I auditioned for Whopper didn't get in and that was at the age of like 17, 18 and my mum goes, what do you want to do? And I said, well, you know what, I'm going to do another year of dancing because I danced at Barbara Jane Dance Centre in um, South Australia. Um, It was a really good school um, for just preparing you. She's very good at teaching performance. Mm -hmm. So you can learn to dance but how do you perform that? Do you know what I mean? There's a very, there's, you know, exactly what yeah. you, that you can have a room full of people that can do an arabesque, but if you can do an arabesque with energy and you can reach the, the back of the balcony with that arabesque, yeah. you're hired. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So she's very good at teaching performance as well as dancing. And I, I, I owe a lot to her for that mm. because I was always a very good tapper, very good dancer. But when it came to performing, I, I just didn't have that. And so also the girls that I danced around just inspired me a lot. So I was really grateful that I went there. Um, so I auditioned for WAPA, didn't get in. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do another year at Barbie's. I'm going to do more Shaketti. I'm going to really hone in on my ballet um, and just like work full time, save a bit of money and then work out what I'm going to do because maybe I'll go into the contemporary world. Mm-hmm. So I did that and then I auditioned for um, a dance school that had just opened a full-time school in Melbourne called Ministry of Dance. Um, it was the first year they were running. It was just dancing and it was full-time. It wasn't accredited at the time. It is now. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what, Melbourne's really close. So I auditioned for a place in Sydney, auditioned for somewhere in um, Brisbane, and then I auditioned for Whopper Dance, and then I auditioned for Ministry. And um, I got into all of them. Thank you. I got into all of them because I didn't have to sing. <laughs> I got into all of them and I was like, you know what? Melbourne's really close to my mum because it's only like a 55-minute flight. So I was like, mm. I'll go to Melbourne and I'll do this full-time course. And then after that, I'll be like 20, like 19, 20, and I'll decide whether or not I'm going to do – I really wanted to be part of um, Adelaide Dance Theatre um, – Adelaide Dance Theatre, the – it was like a contemporary company in Adelaide. I was like, I'd love to audition for them. So I went there, did full time, learnt a lot about diet and nutrition in a negative way. <laughs> in a negative way. In a negative way. Because dance schools are, I think it's a very different era. I went there about over 10 years ago. And um, a lot of the reasons why I've made the choices I make today is based on my experience from entering full-time being around other people from other parts of Australia and the world, um, he, overhearing conversations and then being so 
um, penetratable, like like when things can penetrate the surface of your brain and mm. the surface of your soul, how you lose kind of your or you get influenced in a way that I, I was being influenced by the wrong people. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Not throwing shade on anyone because that's what they knew, right? That was eating is cheating and skinny dancers and fat dancers don't get phone calls and all of that was what it was back then. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be better now, but that's what it was, right? And then, like, mm, I was in a jazz class and I really love Broadway jazz and um, one of the teachers saw me and she was like, oh, you should come and just do this audition for this show that I'm doing. It's Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's going to be Adelaide. Good show, Great right? Show. Brilliant show. Great show. She's like, you should come and audition just for fun. And I was like, okay. She's like, come and just experience an audition and then afterwards we can just talk about you know, like how you went and what you could possibly do. I was like, great. So I went along, did uh, did the audition, sung my song, and then um, got the job. Hey, got the job, got my first nice. job. Um, they were like, Monica, you're an alto. And I was like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did the show, had an amazing time, and then from there got another audition for the Australian tour of West Side Story. Um, didn't get it. Got cut, cried, as you do, mm-hmm. and then went back and I was like, you know what, I really love living here, I'm going to teach, and, rah, 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 and then got a phone call being like, hey, they still can't find someone to cover Maria. And I was like, have you heard me try and sing? Like, <laughs> I'm I've just been told I'm an alto. <laughs> I've just been told I'm an alto. Um, so I went in, danced, and they were like, listen. <laughs> Basically they were like, the job is yours. You'll be um, in the shark ensemble as the female ensemble, but you'll cover Maria, but you will be like a last resort. I was like, great, fine. They just had to have me on the books. I was like, fine. Then I, I did the rehearsal. They were like, you're never going on because you, you're not great. I was like, sure, that's fine. And then after that job, I, I remember the director being really tough with me, like just really um, she would make me cry a lot. And I remember sitting down going, I can either take this one way or the other. I can let this person, I can give up and just never do this again mm. and go and do contemporary or or I can take what she's saying on board and I can go and fix what she's telling me to go fix. She was like, your, your acting's this and your singing is this and I just remember being like, this lady is so... So aggressive. <laughs> I remember I walked into the office and we were in Adelaide. It was our last stop and I walked in and I said, hey. I said, um, I just wanted to say thank you. And she looked at me and I was like, I just want to say thank you because you've made me realise what I need to do to be successful in this industry. So I finished West Side Story and I had some money saved and I was like, I'm going to go learn to sing. I need to go and learn to sing because I, I, that's the one thing that was holding me back is mm. I need to go learn to sing. And I also need to go and learn how to break down scripts and to act because I'd never done any of that. And so um, I had like I, I had 23 weeks between that job and the next job. And I didn't know I had the next job yet, but I'll tell you, in the 23 weeks from that first initial experience to my next big thing which set me off on everything, and then it was job after job after job and I didn't stop until COVID. Um, in 2000 11, I went to my singing teacher, who's, his name's Gary May, he's in Melbourne, and I went and did some, like, acting classes in Melbourne as well, and I remember I walked in and I was like, 
I'm very, I'm also very good at going, I, but I know everything. No, you don't know everything. I was like, Monica, walk in and be like, I know nothing. And I walked into this class and he was like, it's $1,400 upfront for 10 weeks. And for that 10 weeks, I will teach you how to sing. I was like, fine. Like everyone had recommended. I was like, fine. And I paid the money. And for like the first hour, it was literally like breathing. And I was like, Monica, don't get angry. Just... <laughs> just trust and just trust what he's doing. He asked me, he's like, what do you want to get out of this? I said, I want to find my sound because I feel like I'm always trying to sound like everybody else. Um, you know, like that 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 musical theatre sound that everybody has. Like, no, I was like, I just want to sound like me. <laughs> so we did like five weeks of like breathing and like hee hee, all this sort of stuff. And I was like, this is wild. And then on the sixth lesson, he went, okay, I'd like you to do this and then you're going to open up on this vowel. And I did. And he was like, okay, so you're a soprano. You're a classical soprano. That's your sound. And I was like, oh, I thought I was like a mezzo-soprano belter. He's like, no. He's like, you're a very tilt. your larynx is tilted, your sound is here and that's where your sound is. So your sound is things like like a Mary Poppins or like a Disney show or a Maria (laughs) or do you know what I mean? And I was like, that's wild. So he goes, I'm going to take you down the opera route. So I trained like operettas. I trained classical. I trained all of that. We still worked on belt because all that is, is exactly the same thing. You just have like a, a slightly different placement of the voice. But I then started training more classical stuff and it was the most amazing thing. I went in for an audition for Poppins and then I got cover Mary and I was 22, I think, 22, and I went on for my first show and I was like, this is wild. Yeah. I remember being like, I'm flying in, holding a kite, <laughs> singing a cadenza, yet like I remember very, very clearly trying to sing tonight and I couldn't do it, but it was just that, just it's the perfect thing where I could have just gone, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm upset, I don't like feeling this way Mm. or just accepting the feeling of not shame but like that ugly feeling of going, I'm not very good, I'm not good, I need to to reach out for help and and that was that moment where I remember being like, I could have given up but I didn't. I faced that yucky feeling Mm. and I went and learnt. That's a testament to you though, isn't it? That that, um, Because, you know, I don't think, I mean I wasn't there so correct Mm. me if I'm wrong but... I don't think that director handled that very well. Um, Or there may have been a kinder way to deal with you. I know what you mean. That way. And I know the outcome was positive and you've turned it into a positive, but surely there was a way to get that outcome without making you feel like shit. Um, No, I appreciate it. Fair. I appreciate it because... I still stand by it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's your your, um, truth, right? Mm -hmm. For me, I... um, I think the way that that director did that is based on either you're going to give this feedback to someone in a very neutral way, right, very blunt way, and that takes a type of personality to respond to that. And I guess maybe that person, I don't know how to say this without offending people, like mm, if you give coddling advice Uh you will constantly work with people who need to be coddled right yeah I I don't think I mean coddled I mean uh, you know there is a I think there is a duty of care to people and Mm. uh, if people weren't mentally as 
strong as you to deal with that, then mm. that could have caused somebody real problems. And that doesn't mean all the way to the other oh, end but of you're that spectrum. T- you're talking today. We're talking about 12 years ago. Exactly, yeah. Like the stuff that mm. happened in shows 12 years ago, would you would be in, you would not be allowed to work today if, no. <laughs> if you true. did things 12 years true. ago. Do you know what I mean? So mental health wasn't a thing back then. Mm. You know, like, and we'll touch on this later, but like we were brought up to say yes. We were brought up to say yes. Mm. We were brought up to get off our, get up, get up. And we, we never were allowed to sit down in class. Even putting our shoes on, we weren't allowed to sit down. Like very mental health wasn't a thing. You would come into work if you were on death's bed and you would perform. And the moment you were not on stage is the moment that you couldn't get up off the floor. That's very different to today where you would call your company manager and go, hey, I need a mental health day. Do you know what I mean? Very different, very different Mm. um, headspace. Do you think there's enough support for that now? Too much? I think it's changing. Yeah. I think it's changing and I think it's changing for the better, especially like for those casts who brought shows in after COVID. Like I can tell you my experience personally coming out of – so we all got contracted on Frozen before COVID and then the experience for me coming out of COVID into the theatre in the capacity that we were put under, no sh- no shade to anybody, it was, nobody knew what was happening mm. – Disney tried to keep us as safe as possible. We were tested every day. Um, And then like towards the end of the year, sometimes we had optional second testing throughout the day because people were like trying to gear up for Christmas and it was like not great Um, because Omicron came and it was all. But I suffered. I've always had depression. I've always, ever since I was 16, I remember – uh, going to the doctors and I was like, what is this? And they're like, okay, well, that's this. You can do this and this and this for it. I was like, no, I've I've always wanted to work like with CBT work on it and being able to understand my lows and being able to work through it in that way. And as I got older, it got easier. So I'm able to understand when I go into a low and I'm able to um, just adjust my life according to that. And then I've never really experienced anxiety until – I came into the show after COVID and um, I was having, I've never left the stage ever. And there were multiple shows where I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sing. I would disassociate and I would cry and I'd have to just leave the stage because I was having an anxiety attack Mm. and I couldn't put it down to anything. I couldn't tell you what had triggered it. It was just the overwhelming stress of the experience that the show was for me. I wasn't the only person. Everyone had different things going on. Um, But for me, that experience was one of the worst experiences of my life and also one of the most um, lesson-filled. Like I ended up working with a therapist online just so that I could learn how to acknowledge the feeling and how to deal with that while I'm on stage. Because it's one thing to have an anxiety attack on the train, but it's another thing to have an anxiety attack mid-lift or Mm. mid-soprano line where it's just us singing. So, Mm. like, it was that was a really tough 
point in my life, which would, but I was very grateful for, I had Joe Griffiths around as my partner and he was, he's one of the most beautiful people. I think he's going back into Hamilton. He's amazing. He was also sort of processing things himself. And then there'd be moments where we'd be preset on stage and he would just grab my hand because he could just feel me. He could, I don't know, I have to speak to him about it, but he could just see or feel me having an attack Mm. as the curtain goes out for no, no, here, no. And he would turn to me, he's like, you've got this, it's fine. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And I'd be crying and he'd be like, you've got this, we've got this. And then the curtain would go out and I would do the whole opening number in tears and I'd come off and I'd be like, okay, I need to calm down. Also that show doesn't stop, so you just have to deal with stuff while you're getting changed. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know how we segued here, but <laughs> basically um, mental health, right, yeah. um, it, it has to be. And I don't think there can be too much because you also just don't know. You don't know the – everyone has a different, like, intensity of how they feel it, right? I think I'm one of – I personally think I'm a very mentally strong person um, as well as being physically strong, but mentally strong, <laughs> right? Um, I thought I would be the last person to miss a show because of an anxiety attack. I had an anxiety attack during warm-up. I disassociated and I don't remember anything else, but I woke up on the floor of the dressing room. The show was going on and the girls in the dressing room had called company management were like, Monica's having an anxiety attack. And I was on the floor and I don't remember anything, but I woke up in the middle of that one. Wow. I thought I would be the last person because I've always gone through my life going, all right, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that on board. I'm going to take And this, like, it just got to a stage on this experience for me where my brain did nothing but go this is too much do you know what I mean mm. so mental health yes important how do you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you begin the process of unpacking or dealing with that mm. then you know with something that's so linked to your livelihood and career mm. and then this new you know experience that is you know not positive mm. that is now sort of playing how did you go about that i didn't so there's this wonderful saying that is you can't process trauma while you're still experiencing trauma um you just had to so the work that i did on being able to identify and deal with was really great it was literally a, a Band-Aid over a wound, like mm-hmm. over a gushing wound. It was like this is how we're just going to get through because you have to get through because, you know, like, and this is something that I think needs to be assessed or addressed by equity is there are no outs really in a West End contract. There are, but it may cost you money. Mm-hmm. But if you're on minimum wage and, like, say we, we were on quite a good wage, we're in a big theatre, we're with Disney, we've got Sunday pay, like – there's no way I'd be able to buy myself out the contract. So any other job in the world, any other job, as a self-employed person, if you took a job at a gym and and they were like, these are your hours, and you started working, you go, you know what, this is not this is not good for my mental health, this is not good for my body, it's not good for my anything, you would go, you know what, guys, I'm really sorry, here's my four weeks' notice. And you could leave, you could remove yourself. But there was no out for us. It was four months in and all of us, like a lot of us were like, I can't do this. I actually can't do this, but there's no out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's personally from my experience, there needs to be, especially on long running shows, 
Pink, you don't know what track you're going to get. I'm 33 years old. I was putting a dance track. <laughs> what, do they think I'm 21? Like, what is happening? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you don't know. You don't, you don't know how your body's going to respond. And if the only way you're going to get out of that contract is to, I don't know, be, to, be incapable of doing the show because you're injured, that's no way, f- that's no way forward for your yeah. business or for you. No. Do you know what I mean? So I think coming out of that, I was like, and a lot of people said it, we're like, we have to, ident- we have to address the fact that after a certain amount of time, you should be able to go, this is actually not for me, guys. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because if, if, if you're sat in that, if you're in that feeling and you're sat there and you're thinking, yeah. I've got nine months ahead of me, how do I get out of this feeling? No, that, that's a, that's a horrific situation to be in. So yeah, yeah there, there does need to be that does need to be addressed because, in, well, realistically, we are self-employed, but yeah. we have none of the benefits necessarily of Correct. being self-employed because <laughs> yeah. we are essentially contracted. Yeah. We can't employ ourselves, and we can't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not allowed to do anything outside of that. So you're like, this is yeah. this is no way to work. Yeah, but yeah oh, I right. did. Like, I ran my whole business. Yeah. I run my whole online pro. The way I got through it is by deflecting, which isn't the most healthiest way. So <laughs> I had my training. Like I said, I've always grown up working towards something, right? Mm. So in this situation, the best thing I could have done was go, okay, how do I flip my my mental state into something that I can focus on that I'm going to be mentally okay. And so for me, it was my weightlifting. Mm-hmm. So I took myself off CrossFit because there was absolutely no way. Before the show, I was doing five sessions of weightlifting a week, which are around 90 minutes to two hours. Then I'd go in, I'd do 40 minutes of gymnastics four times a week. And then I would do four Metcons throughout the week. So CrossFit. Oh, wow. Bloody <laughs> So I, I, lo- I loved it. And I, and I had one active recovery day and one full rest day. And I was able to shift that based on the programming that I had. So I program myself gymnastics. Um, we obviously do the Metcon programming. Mm-hmm. And then I have a weightlifting coach, which was at Ronin Strength. And so I was able to talk to my coach and be like, okay, so you're upping this. I'm going to lower that and I'm going to move my rest day to here. And we were able to accommodate the training load. And we just yeah. used, to, we would all work together and accommodate the training load. And then if I woke up one day and I was like, you know what, Chris, I can't, I actually can't. So I need to take a rest day. He'd be like, great. And he'd just change it on true coach and we'd move forward. Um, so when I went into the show, because it's so physically demanding, I was like, right, there, there goes all of that training. And then I have to drop to three sessions a day, uh, three sessions a week of weightlifting, mm. two, two hours. It ended up being two and a half hours because there were just some things that I had to do. So I would have like a 20 minute meal break and then I'd go back into training um, and I used to train Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So the show, the show was Wednesday night, double show Thursday, Friday night, double show Saturday, double show Sunday. I'd take a full rest day on the Monday. I'd come in on the Tuesday. I'd train, I'd sleep, I'd wake up, I'd train, I'd go back into the shows, right? That was my week. Mm. Um, so alongside that, I started my online programming business, which I have some beautiful athletes that all from all over the UK. And uh, I would be backstage in my costume on my laptop watching videos of people lift because it makes me so happy Mm. and I would give them feedback. So I'd come off, quickly pick up my laptop. I'd have about five minutes. I'd go, yep, great. That's I know how to fix that. I'd program them for the next week and then I'd go on stage. So I was just deflecting the fact that I was in a situation that I wasn't, wasn't happy by making myself more exhausted and tired. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But like yeah, I said, yeah. if you love it, you're not tired. So I was never <laughs> I was never tired. My brain was never tired. Mm. My body was tired. But the only days I stopped was when my mind gave up. 
when I was like, this is too much. I'm, I can't, I, and I, I come back to reality and I realize what's happening. and I realize why I'm doing things. I was like, I'm so unhappy in this job. And I know people are going to listen to this and go, how dare you be ungrateful? You were on the West End. Being, I'm not ungrateful, not enjoying something doesn't mean you're not grateful for it. Cause I'm extremely mm. grateful for the experience. I'm extremely grateful for being the original company of the show. I'm so grateful for the people I worked with, but I just didn't enjoy it. And that's okay. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. This comes yeah, up yeah. quite a, quite a lot, right? When people are like, if, if you're in a job yeah. and you're speaking to performers who perhaps aren't in a job, you know, it, sometimes those people are like, Oh, you can't complain about it because you're working. Mm. They're like, uh, I think you'll find that I can because that's the experience of my life. Correct. I'm, 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 allowed, I'm allowed to feel my, what I'm feeling. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and often, quite often, it's not as pleasant as we want it to be. Oh, it's hard work. You know, and it's this hard work. False veneer that it's all roses and, yeah. and wonder. Absolutely. But backstage, it almost never is. Yeah. You know, realistically, <laughs> true. We all laugh because it's true. It, it is true, though. Like what you're describing is like, we've all been in in, mm. in similar situations mm -hmm. or experience or been in those shows and it, it's most of the time mm. I, I think maybe not not that specific experience but yeah. it, it's never perfect to the point where you go oh there's nothing to, <laughs> there's nothing to complain about about this job mm. it's all being done perfectly yeah absolutely like <laughs> um like i have to say like i always look at so i've i've been working in the industry for 14 years and i've done a few shows um, and I like to say, like, someone tries to ask me my experience on a show. I'm very lucky with the shows I've had because I've enjoyed a lot of them. This was like the first time I had an experience. And I think COVID had a lot to do with my experience on the show, because like mm -hmm. I said, if something is triggering and something is traumatic and then you have to return to that place consistently and consistently, you will always be triggered and always be experiencing that subconscious trauma throughout your time. So I can tell you on my last day on Frozen, I could not stop crying. And it was this guttural cry. And I, of course, like I will, I love the people I worked with. They were the most incredible bunch of people. Like I've never had a cast like it. There's always generally an asshole in a cast, and if there isn't an asshole, it's you. Like <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I was probably the asshole because everyone, every single person was empathetic. Every single person was loving. Every single like I remember, I just had a moment maybe like two months before the end, and I was just a bit down. Like I wasn't, it's, I wasn't having an anxiety attack right now. I was just a bit down. You just have those days and you're like, oh, I just, if I could stay home today, I would. And I remember one of the um, guys in the cast, his name's Jake. He just came up to me, put his, put his hand on my shoulder and went, I'm here if you just need to talk and walked away. And I was like, wow, fucking great. I have the most amazing people in this building. And I'm so grateful because if if there is like, you know, you've done shows, if there's like the little pettiness and the groups and the fights, mm. if there was that, I probably would have been like, how much, how much do you need for me to leave? Yeah. <laughs> but like, get out. Get out. Yeah. But um, no, like I always say there's like lights and they can either be red, amber or green. So you've got things like um, the company, like the company that you work for, is it red, amber or green? 
You've got things like your costumes. Do your costumes suck? Are you spending the whole show underdressing? Like, do you know what I mean? Like red, amber or green. Your actual track, red, amber or green, like your job, is it fulfilling? Are you standing in a in a free? Have you chosen the wrong freeze during tech and then for the whole show gone, <laughs> I should not have frozen like this? <laughs> do you I know what I mean? Yeah. You've got the people you work with. You've got your schedule. You've got um, your locations. Like you've got so many things, so many factors that make a show either enjoyable or not enjoyable. But then sometimes some of those things can be amber and red but if most of those lights are green you're like do you know what I know I complain about the fact that I'm underdressed this whole show but I love this number and I love that I'm like when I did Regent's Park I was like the hours were awful we had to come in like halfway through at like 11 o'clock at night they're like we're just gonna re-light the show because the lighting's different now because we're outside and you're like what like (laughs) I have to do two shows and then stay behind and relight act two like what do you mean but it was like the show, the like, mm. the choreography, the direction, everything was so insane. Yes, I'll come back at eleven and I'll reshut. You know, I mean, let me complain for ten minutes, but then I'll come back. Yeah. So I always say that you, there's so many things that could make a show great or a bad experience, and if you're not there experiencing it, you can't have an opinion because you're not there experiencing those those factors. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Even yeah. something I remember. This is really funny. So. When we went into the theatre for Frozen, there's a bit in Hooger where we finish Hooger and we run around and we do this quick change and we have to grab these um, leaves to come on for the kick line. And and they had, they're like, so here are all your leaves and they're on the floor and they had our names on it. And I just picked my name off the floor and I picked my leaves up and I put my leaves on this hook on the wall and I just went, I will not be bending down eight shows a week to grab those. <laughs> and the stage manager went, went, yeah, that's fine. That's fair enough. I was the first person out anyway. I was like, they will be on the hook because I literally ran off, took my towel off and just went, who got on stage? And everyone's like, what? I my friend went, I love that you just did that. And I went, you know what that's called? It's called experience. Because <laughs> I can tell you four months in, I'm going to be like, I can't believe I have to bend down to pick these up. <laughs> and it's the little things like that, right? It's It can be just the littlest thing on a show that makes you go, I hate this job. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> and then the new cast came in and I noticed that they put them on the floor and I went, uh. oh, they don't, they don't get to choose. <laughs> uh, you made an error. You made a big Bad times. Uh, so, yeah. I've got a, uh, I suppose... A little, a little final question. Once you got to uh, training and doing all this mm. stuff, we should mention that that schedule that you were under is yeah. not a normal schedule for people of for exercise. That that's like mm. quite an extreme elite level yes. of fitness. Yes, yes, like yes. That sheer workload. Mm. Uh, you it, work to get that exactly, yes. and yeah. and over. Years and years and years and years and yes, years. Yes. Like that's not something that you would be recommending to, to no. your, your average. Your body or, adapts, right? Yeah. Over like you've over been doing time. gymnastics, calisthenics uh, in the <laughs> <laughs> since you were two. And, uh, Bobby's oh, crashing the place. Oh, I, got, I got really excited. <laughs> Before we talk about fitness, I do need to say to Bobby, I walked in and I was like, "You are famous to me," and I have to tell everyone how you're famous to me. I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> I don't know what it's this is. A bakery, the, fact, isn't it? the fact that you have a baked good in front of you is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, in lockdown um obviously 
I coach at a gym and my partner is a coach there too. And he ended up living with me in lockdown and that was interesting. Um, however, we thought it was like a two week lockdown. So when we all got told that it was going to be a lockdown, we were all like, see you in two weeks. Like, yes. you know? Then it went on and we both looked at each other and went, we should just go raid the gym. Let's get Addison Lee and let's go raid the gym. So we got in, we got on the tube. It was still while you they didn't really know what was going on. Mm. So we got to the gym. We took um, we messaged our our head of the, of the gym. We're like, hey, this is what we're taking. We took um, a squat rack, two barbells, so a twenty kilo barbell, twenty five kilo, uh, fifteen kilo barbell. We took full set of plates. So we had over two hundred kilos nice. of plates. Took full set of fractionals. We took clips. We took collars. We took a bench. We took a rower. We took kettlebells. We took dumbbells. We took mats. We took everything. Uh, did you, right? How did you take this? <laughs> Addison Lee. Oh my god. We got an Addison Lee. And Addison we... Lee's going super slow on the way home. <laughs> it was like carving through the road with a <laughs> just taking oh out god. speed bumps. You got a bad review from that driver. <laughs> Your rating is ruined. <laughs> we got an Addison Lee. The guy was so sweet. He was like trying to help us. He's like, we're not gonna. I'm not. You okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It's all good. Like, it's so funny as well. Like, we'll talk about like social stereotypes. Like, anytime someone sees me try to go get a dumbbell, that's like anything over 10 kilos. They're like, oh, I'll lift that for you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then they sure. just go, yeah, I'm like, I'm fine, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we had all this set up and I started training weights training. So I wanted to put on a bit of weight. Mm. Um, I wanted to get really strong. My goal was to squat 100 kilos in my front room in front of the TV. <laughs> that was my goal. Okay. I got there. Nice. We got a 100 kilo <laughs> nice. squat in my living room with friends on. So anyway, my friend Zizi, um, I talked to her, Zizi Shallon. She was like, you should do Bobby's Bakery. It's amazing. I do it every day. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give it a go. I've never, I've, I did five minutes and I was like, I cannot burpee anymore. <laughs> I am so unfit. I am going to watch your live, which was amazing. I absolutely loved how you coached it. You were so enthusiastic. You would set up the movement. Like your your presence online was so great. And I was like, I understand why everyone's doing this class. I get oh, it. thank you. Not for me because no. I had put on four kilos, which was my goal. <laughs> And I was building my strength. So obviously those who, people who don't train, there's two ends of the spectrum here. There's, you know, cardiovascular work and then there's anaerobic work. And I was obviously becoming an anaerobic athlete. So then what happens if you take an anaerobic athlete and you make them do something where they need to use their lungs? They can't, essentially. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> they can't. So I remember just texting her like five minutes. I was like, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit here and watch. Yeah. But I can't. I'm You've so got about sorry. 30 seconds. <laughs> And then you're out. And then I was like, done. I think it was 45 seconds in. You're like, let's go into the burpee tuck jump. I was like, absolutely not, Bobby. <laughs> and also, if, you're, if you're doing like old school, a proper weightlifting training, then you're used to like three to five minutes of rest, if not longer, yeah. right? If you're yeah. doing like... That's the other thing. Like you look at my training volume and I say two and a half hours, right? Out of that two and a half, I will... You know what? I'll put a video up on my Instagram mm. of what actually happens in a session. Yeah. Because all people see is me do a lift and then I cut and then it's a lift. And then I actually take my preparation out. Like I'm like clean and then straight away jerk and it looks like it's high intensity no darling I lift for about 40 seconds yeah. and then I sit down for three minutes yeah. and talk to people Yeah. or I'll go I'll go for a walk and go get a yeah. knocko or I'll come back and my thing I'll have to have a clock in my hand yeah. or else I get talking to people like I'm so sorry I've got to go lift like yeah. you do you, yeah, yeah. you lift heavy and you rest a lot 
Um, you know, and then I watch all the CrossFitters all yeah. die, and I'm like, good for you. Yeah. Good, your like, choices. <laughs> Enjoy that assault bike. Have fun. Have fun. I, I find that really uh, tricky to try and explain. Not tricky mm. to explain, but for clients to understand when they come on and they do this for the first time, and they're like, mm. these rests are really long. And you're like, yeah, yeah you're kind of working for some strength right now. Mm. So, yeah. And they're like, oh, sometimes people will go, oh, I just like, I took like a minute that time because I felt like I could start. Up and I'm like, yeah, I know you could feel like you could mm. do it again, yeah, but, yeah. but the physical stuff that is happening in your mm. body hasn't happened yet. So if you could just, I don't know, yeah. read a book if you need to, I don't care, but yeah. like just just set a timer mm. and take the time. It's so crazy. There was this study that um, came out and I was actually listening to a podcast and it was about um, the reason why muscle goes into fatigue mm. and the reason it does is because of heat, right? And they've, they've made these gloves that people put because you obviously have heat receptors in your hands in your feet and in your forehead and they've they've engineered these gloves that are at the perfect temperature so that you don't go into vascular constriction to reset the muscle to zero so like you would be doing say you're doing like submaximal squats right mm -hmm. and you can do you can do like i yesterday i was doing um double pause back squat on like submaximal weight so around like 95 percent I was doing pause back squats and I would pause the back squat stand and then go for the second one. Obviously it's harder because I'm starting to, the muscles heating up. It's mm -hmm. going to failure. And then I'd rest for three minutes and come back and still like, it's still not the same, right? Yeah. These gloves apparently reset you so that you get up and it's like, you've never done it. I refuse to accept this. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. And I was You'll like, where are these gloves? <laughs> you've also got the ATP chemical in that. That's, that'll be drained. So I, I, I'm, mm. I'm very sceptical. I feel like I need to experience these gloves. Yeah. I will try and I'll try and find this. It's on my it's on my phone. I'll I'll send you the podcast and um, you can post it somewhere on your story so I'm people can listen to it. Do. But it's uh, yeah, it's all of this study. They they tested it with with um, bar dips mm. and oh, yeah, yeah. and getting these people to do bar dips to failure and then getting them to where the gloves and then going again and the um results have come from that so yeah. okay interesting interesting i just want to say that if you are uh <laughs> still with us in this podcast then the uh the apparent disco that is happening somewhere in the yeah. background there is something wild going on here i'm, I'm not we're not sure where it's coming from uh, we are in a very secure room so how loud is it yeah, yeah. that's what's concerning i'm not really sure what that is but um safe to say we haven't just got music playing in the background no. for bants no uh, <laughs> you, you were going to ask me something you're going to talk about Sheer volume of training. Oh no! I, I just, cut you off. I, I was just saying that you know uh, because you said you know you're on a show and do this stuff mm. that that's not a normal exercise no. schedule for people. So I didn't mm. want people to listen to that and then go, oh, I'll do that. Absolutely not. No. Do not do not do it without like you. You need to work within your parameters, right? Yeah. I remember people on the show would be like, how do you how do you do it? And you're like, you need to understand where I've come from. Yeah. yeah. So like my like, and I feel like the company at the beginning, the company were really like they would be like, you need to stop. And I'm like, no, no. I actually need to not stop. Mm, yeah. Like, if anything, this is nothing compared to what I was doing. So I was, I was uh, the training volume I had on the show was um, optimal for me to stay free from injury. Yeah. Still work towards my goal of qualifying for competitions, and staying happy and healthy. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, I it cut does. it out as we went along because, you know, exhaustion is compound. People don't understand this. Exactly. People think that, oh, it's okay. I'm, I've got through two months of this. I'm fine. No, no. No, no, no. It's, it's going it's to yeah. keep getting harder. Like you're in a deficit and you're not recovering, which is, yeah. you know, that brings me to like scheduling of shows, right? 
Cut this out later if you think it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Um, I find that, like, like, I find that sometimes producers don't understand that recovery is just as important as injury prevention because recovery is part of injury prevention, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you know, for I'm just using Frozen for example because it's the last show that I worked on. But you have a meeting where they'll go, "Oh, um, we're going to have an injury prevention workshop." And you're like, "Great." When I heard this, I was like, I'm very intrigued to see what they have to say because Mm. there's been so many times on shows that I've done where this hasn't been addressed. I was really excited. And Neurotour did our physiotherapy and they're really great. They were talking about muscular imbalance. They were talking about activating the muscle before the show. I was like, great. Like this is all really good stuff for me who knows about this stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And those who didn't know were, were getting educated. So to me, I was like, this is great because this is what I would say to someone if they came to me to train. Fab. Because you have to treat performers like athletes, right? Yeah. Um, But then you look at something like the schedule and you go, oh, I do seven shows in four days. So you do eight shows a week and we had five days. But then you look at seven days and I do seven shows in four days. There's no room for recovery. No. At all. So that's a problem because what's a physio going to do when you've got inflammation in the body? Mm-hmm. What take what what reduces inflammation? Rest, right? Yeah. You so I would wake up on a Sunday and I say here I sit here and I go maybe it's cuz I'm old. But I got up on a Sunday every week and I was like I don't know how I'm going to get through today. If this was my training, I would call my coach and be like, we need to reassess because this is this volume's too high. Uh, this out, I'm not able to recover in time for me to step back into the space and perform for you. Mm. So I, f- I think another thing that needs to be addressed is recovery. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's my opinion on that and that's my experience on that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so... I think we should get on to my favourite section. Uh, what is there, is there anything about fitness and wellness mm. and mm. anything in particular that you would like to see get in the bin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a list if you yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, listen, like everybody has different goals, right? I think one of the things that I would like to bring to the show is um, just like you can comment on how someone looks, right? But just like don't project yourself on them. So always make sure that you know someone's goal before you comment on their aesthetic. If they do not have a goal, comment away because they don't have a goal. But like, for example, like, like people saying like, "Mm, I'm trying to think this isn't really in the bin. So maybe cancel that. I was going to say like. I think I'm with you. Like, like, yeah. For me, I, I'm a tall guy. I, I, when I was much younger, I really struggled to put on muscle because mm. I didn't know how to. And so people were like, "Oh, you, you look, you look, you're, you know, you're a tall, mm. slim guy, whatever it might be." And he'd be like, "How dare you, slim? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you, slim? Yeah." And then for days, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" And I would, I would it would really, yeah. really bother me. And actually, they were trying to compliment me. Yes, but no, that's not your goal. It was the, but my goal was different. So I think, is that kind of what you mean? I kind of mean like, you know, what needs to get in the bin is people just, like, just saying, you look like, 
what am I trying to say? Like, if I go, oh, my God, you look so, like, toned. And you go... And you go... Um, sorry, they go, oh, you look so toned. And you go, yeah, but I just... I don't want to be toned. It's like, find someone's goal out before you comment on what yeah. you think is good about them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have a best friend who is um, very... She's got, like really a beautiful back like in my opinion mm. she's very toned and she has nice traps and good shoulders but she's genetically like that and she, she hates it she absolutely hates it she had a conversation with me she's like how do I get rid of this and I was like well it's genetic like oh that's quite difficult mm. when something's genetic there is ways you can train around it but like so you t you can switch those muscles off so that they don't grow anymore but like it's genetic and people used to walk up to me and be like oh my god your back's amazing and she would hate it mm. so that's one thing of like get in the bin like just find someone's goal out before you comment on them if one more person says to me oh my god you're so skinny get out get in the bin <laughs> i try so hard to get to 70 kilos and and get big legs and you're telling me that i'm so slim like go oh, someone called my my lifts cute the other day i was like get out get, get out that is a 90 kilo clean get out uh, i don't know i've ever seen a cute lift, no, well, what, what, cute what, lift? What, what constitutes a cute lift lifting in crocs I mean, maybe i don't so know cute. maybe like <laughs> so, dirty dancing but they're also like... <laughs> oh, God. oh, my God. Yeah, I went there. Uh, in, um, uh, 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 <laughs> I've got to have one an episode. He's got to give me one. Um, and the lifting and sliders. When people wear sliders and socks and they're doing back squats, like, get in the bin. Mm, yeah. Sliders. Sliders belong nowhere near a gym. <laughs> no. <laughs> also, they're not as comfortable as everybody says they are. I'm just going to throw it out there. No. Oh, I quite like I, I like sliders at home. I mm. like I, I rock around in sliders at home. Mm, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not in a gym. I'm not going to the gym in sliders. <laughs> mm, no, and Ugg boots at the gym needs to not be there Ugg either. Boots at the gym. <laughs> Ugg boots outside Crocs, your house. Crocs at the gym. Crocs yeah. at the gym. So yeah, but Next I think time. for me, getting the bin would be kind of. I know it's not as like simple as saying something like, "Oh, women's clothes don't have pockets in them," but like, yeah, like I think. I remember this coach would be like, let's do an abs to bar to finisher and uh, we're going to get those summer bodies. I was like, no, get in the bin. Uh, I, I totally get it. Even <laughs> like yesterday I was in the gym and I overheard a Zumba class going on opposite Zumba? me. Zumba? That's like 90s. Yeah, there was a Zumba class going on opposite me and uh, it got to the end of the class and the instructor was like, oh, you can now go all have indulge over the weekend, eat what you want, have a lovely time, like smash down everything. I was like, oh, I don't want to be part of this. No. No, that's not how this works. You've burnt about 300 calories. That's like a freaking Mars bar. <laughs> I just don't want to be part of any of this that's going on. Yeah. I hate this. Uh, okay. Have you got any advice that you would give to somebody who is entering the performing mm. industry? Yeah, I think maybe, well, if they've listened, they would have heard my advice earlier. But <laughs> I think they need to remember that um, it's never rejection, it's redirection. Mm. Love that. I like to say that when you're starting off, you can't have a plan B. You can never have a plan B. You have to go full in because this industry gets so hard and it's like it's it's so challenging because you, you get rejection after rejection, right? Never rejection, redirection. However, you need to put your heart, your soul, your mind, everything into getting that <laughs> we're oh, having a so really many sounds <laughs> in here today. <laughs> um, I think that's an Asian hornet trying to get us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, if you didn't hear that, it was this really bizarre. I bet they will have heard that. Yeah, they will have heard the Asian Did you? So that's a reverse cycle air conditioning, right? Did you know that... Um, I'm sorry, did you, do, you, do you know the type of air con unit that is? Yeah, I'm from Australia. Yeah, everywhere's got, got an Australia. That, that there, that's reverse cycle. Yeah, so that's reverse cycle. So did you know that they have um, uh, like defrost settings? Well, like I can defrost my chicken. Well, they like, so if the room is like, fro- like if the room is like, um, like icy, yeah. they can they can like remove the water from the air. Oh, I don't know if that one can, but they generally can. Sorry, we have jumped right away. <laughs> we we went rogue there from the point. But it was, you were saying that there was that rejection. Rejection. It's never rejection. It's redirection, right? So, um, uh. When, when it gets hard, you'll be going for an audition and there'll be so many, there were so many times in my career where I'd be like, this is too hard. This is, this is just too hard. I can't do this anymore. Right. I remember there were being times where I was like, I wish I didn't know that I could do this. I wish I didn't know that I could get a show because I'd already gotten one and it was hard to get the second. I was like, I wish I didn't know I had this talent. I wish that I could just go and do something like a, a, like a normal, regular job. And if I had a plan B, I would have taken it. So there are times where if you just don't have the road and you're young enough to not have it, if you just don't have the road, don't don't do plan B yet. Stick with it, stay with it, do jobs where your focus is not on it. So work at McDonald's, work in a cafe, work all those jobs that your heart and soul isn't there. You don't take on responsibility. You rock up, you do your job, you pay for your sheet music, you go and do your auditions, right? You pay for your classes. And then later on down the track, you'll know when you need plan B. You'll know, you'll feel it. And all of a sudden you'll start going, I'm going to use plan A to water plan B. One of my friends told me that. I like that. You know. Use plan A towards plan B. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then you just, but that's my advice, is you have to, you just have to be unhealthily obsessed (laughs) with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Question. Tell me what you think of um, them. Oh, nice. My dad, you see that the entire time (laughs) I was growing up. Um, He thought it was so cool. Uh, (laughs) Does that mean that I'm a, is that a dad joke now? Is that now a dad joke? We've achieved dad. Yes, because I did that in uh, a drama school that I teach at the other day and they were like, what? Oh, <laughs> wow. yeah, we're there. I was like, no, we're no. We're in our 30s. <laughs> um, Ooh, have you managed to tell us a lie? Yes. Oh, no, Bobby, you look happy like you've got a guess. <laughs> I have got a guess. Okay, you did guess first last time, but I'm going to give you it. You, no, you go, you go, you no, go. For, you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the weirdly, like, tangential aircon <laughs> thing was the lie. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great one. That is a great one. Before the end, she's realised that this, she's got to get this lie in. Um, <laughs> the Asian hornet sound was. Yeah, it made it made less sense. But if if, if that isn't a lie, <laughs> uh, I'll be very surprised. I think I'm with you on that. But in which case, I will go with. Uh, I will go with. Uh, doesn't remember anything. Calisthenics right at the start. Oh, I'm going to go for the very first thing. Wow. Nice. Nice. Uh, n- nope. I was, I did calisthenics as a kid. Uh-huh. And um, I have videos of me telling other kids what to do at the age of two. <laughs> and the aircon? <laughs> the aircon was the lie. Yes. Yay! 
However, I must add, aircons do have a dehumidifier setting. Uh, not a but, defrost. But not not an issue in this country, right? Because no. there's no humidity. No, none. <laughs> we have one final section. Oh, yes. yes. This or that. A quick fire round of questions. Okay. Oh, in which I will just ask you many, many things. This is like on Friends where he's like... This is exactly this is be, what this, this is. This is going to be my hit. No. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Uh, One now, minute. Bear with me. Okay. Because a quick question. Okay. You said you are vegetarian or vegan? Vegan. Vegan? Okay. I I'm don't advertise it though. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay, dokie. One minute on the clock. Three, two, one, let's go. Eggs or veggie bacon? Veggie bacon. White bread or brown bread? White bread. The US office or friends? Friends. Cardio or resistance training? Oh, weight training. Uh, McDonald's or Burger King? Uh, McDonald's. Singing or acting? Both. Follies or Evita? Follies, sorry. Yo- yoga or Pilates? Pilates. Family Guy or Love Island? Oh, Family Guy. Domino's Pizza or Papa John's? Papa John's. Sport or dance? Dance. Alcohol or chocolate? Chocolate. Matching socks or mismatching socks? Both. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Frozen or light at the piazza? Light at the piazza. Game of Thrones or Glee? I've never watched either. Book or e-reader? Book the what? Book or e-reader? Oh, e-reader. Clean shaven or beard? Uh, Beard. Personal chef or personal stylist? Chef. Guitar or piano? Guitar. Sexy body or sexy mind? Sexy mind. Shower or bath? Shower. Crossfit or dance? (laughs) Dance. Dogs or babies? Dogs. Snakes or badgers? (laughs) Badgers. Theme park or water park? Water park. Uh, Running or walking? Walking. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Bobby or Stefan? Both. Hey! 56 (laughs) seconds. I could feel the pressure. About halfway through, I was like, I was getting intense. I was like, <laughs> there was a bit where he said dogs or babies, and I was like, dogs. Oh, well, that's a good answer. That's good to know, isn't it? <laughs> it's good to know sometimes. Uh, it's good to know your opinion between snakes and badgers. That's, yeah, that's the important one. That's the one that, that counts. <laughs> We've all been waiting for that one. Well, thank you, thank you, Monica, for for coming to join us today. It's, thank you so uh, much for having me. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you very much for coming in. And thank you at home or wherever you might be for listening. <laughs> wherever you might be. Wherever. Yeah. Wherever. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Dad. Full dad jokes. Uh, <laughs> if you've enjoyed this awesome, it would be fantastic if you do could do the old click on the old like and subscribe. Maybe even share us on social media. Maybe even leave us a review. We'd love a little review. Um, you can find us on at fit2 underscore talk on Instagram. And as always, if you've got any questions you want answered by us, you know what to do. Slip slide into those DMs. I'll be sat there in my socks and sliders lifting oh. some weights. <laughs> with, with a dehumidifier? With a, with a defrost, <laughs> defrost, I'm de- defrosting a turkey. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. And if you like what you've heard, then we have been fit to talk with our guest, Monica Swain, and me, Stefan. And me, Bobby. And if you didn't like it, we've been Joe Wicks. Peace out. <laughs>